Mike, welcome to Minute 64. Um, there is a very good reason why we have started the minute with I Will Be a Gypsy, sung beautifully by Mike. Thank you, Mike. Um, uh, one of the reasons was some people have asked for Mike to chant, and now we have uh, delivered them their wish. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that. Secondly, this minute really is about a lot of the themes that are expressed in that chant and we'll go through that in a moment but first let me say hello to the guys hi guys and uh you hello. you'll notice we have a guest lauren hi lauren how are you hello i'm good thank you how are Lo you it's fantastic lovely to be here lovely to be here with you we know lauren through the young adults at the london center um lauren tell us a bit about yourself um how you came to guruji perhaps Oh, wow. Uh, Guruji worked very hard to come into my life. <laughs> um, but long story short, um, he came to me through a video that I saw on someone's Instagram. And I saw this book hiding on their bookcase. And I was instantly drawn to it. I thought, well, what's that? I couldn't read what it was called, but I could just about make out perhaps some of the letters. So I frantically Googled and it was Autobiography of a Yogi. And thus my journey began which was really lovely um so yeah that's very nice about me lauren is sporting a lovely rudraksh mala which i believe you bought from our bookshop i did i bought it from the mother center actually in oh, mother center. LA. yes yeah i didn't realize they sold them in london yeah, so. <laughs> do. i hope you didn't go all the way to mother center just for the rudraksh i wish <laughs> <laughs> how was that experience mother center Oh, no, I bought it online. Oh, I online. didn't go in real life. Yeah. Online. I yeah. Thought, One uh, day. Yeah, I thought you were relatively new to the path. Oh, that's quite yes. quick for you to go to Mother Centrist <laughs> straight after reading the autobiography. Yes. Um, right, let's uh, talk about Minute 64. So Minute 64, really, Guruji is um, narrating, and he's narrating, uh, the Lord is showing me wherever I am, that's my home. My home is on the train. Then it shall be on the hotel, then on a ship. How can I leave my home? It's everywhere. And of course, the previous minute, this is this is really a reflection from you know his his feelings after his passing or Sri Yukteswar's passing and uh, Mahasmadi and the resurrection. 
um, and uh, that was obviously quite a beautiful minute. Um, Mike? I think um, my home is on the train. Priyank, you can probably identify with that. <laughs> working for London Underground. Train geek. Yes, <laughs> certainly. I spend a lot of time. And but I spend a lot of time under the train. Does that count? <laughs> I think near the train is good enough. Yeah, you're going to what you're saying. Um, I don't know. Like if you guys know that feeling, like when you when you travel a lot, especially when you go in in a in a short time from town to town to town, you kind of lose this kind of feeling. You you kind of forget where you are. Today you're in this place, the next day you're in another place, and I, I feel like that's how he must have felt at this time in sort this of, journey. Of, sort of like a divine yeah. gypsy, you might say. <laughs> yeah, that would be a very good comparison. <laughs> well, and we'll get to that uh, chant, that very um, famous chant that is quite popular amongst Yogananda followers. Um, but really, I wanted to talk in this minute about two or three things. One is the, the chanting of the divine gypsy um, and prayers that Master uses around this theme of, um, you know, father where that wherever thou hast placed me there thou must come or there thou there i must be um so really you know being happy with your lot in life and certainly guruji was uh, he had to travel far and wide stay different countries and perhaps different yugas so we'll, we'll go through that um we'll also go through some of his other work like in um, uh, whispers from eternity like uh, there's a very famous poem called god's boatman um, which we'll, we'll go through and then some of the images from the film we'll go through that are used and also some questions that we've had from some of our YouTube um, YouTube followers particularly on on whether or not we should be following modern you know the news the day-to-day -day news that could be quite uh, negative at times so that's that so um, Divine Gypsy Mike how was you you hadn't learned that chant before had you no, I actually learned it yesterday when you told me that would be a, nice if I played it. But I love singing it, like when they play it in the kirtan, because it has, like, it has quite a lot of. Uh, it's very melodic, and the lyrics are beautiful. It's a, it's a very devotional chant. It's very beautiful. True, true. Um, the, the the words are quite profound, and actually, we only actually read the first first sort of paragraph the first section of three of uh three of four sections actually which we'll we'll read out loud in a minute but mike sorry chris do you want to say something yeah i, I was going to say um mike thanks thanks so much for you know taking up that challenge and, and doing the doing the chant um i actually had goosebumps uh, uh which which yeah yeah it was awesome because i haven't really you know meditating at home not being in the centers because they're closed just transported me back to you know when I first started going to the center and hearing the chants and the words you know the, the soulful words it just really really moved me um and I'd heard of chanting before I got onto the path but I can really say that it is such a useful and vital part of meditation for me when I when I have had chants in the past at mother center and it would go on, I would get such a such a real intense concentration and feeling. And I, I just wanted to throw out there, I wonder, you know, do you guys have a similar sort of uh, love for, for the chants, you know, within S SRF? And 
I wonder if we could go a step further and say why. Like what 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 is it about the chance to say why they are so impactful for me? And are they the same for you? You know, is it what's the science behind it? Do we know? Mike? For me, definitely. I I feel like oftentimes when I, especially when I go to the temple after work, and then I Sometimes I'm like completely restless and I sit down and I have a really hard time getting into the into the devotional state. And then suddenly after chanting, I'm like, have no problem doing it. So I feel like it, it is a, a, a very um, sneaky mechanism to kind of pull the mind into becoming uh, um, like peaceful and, and devotional. Uh, Lauren? Yeah, I think also, you know, when Guruji must have written these, there's a certain energy that he had when he wrote them. And I think that energy is so potent, isn't it? It's so strong that when, even if we hear it, like when I was hearing Michael even sing those words, you know, my third eye was buzzing, you know, and I think it, that always carries through. So maybe that's also part of it. You know, it, it always integrates somehow into our being through whatever channel that is. Mm. That's certainly true for a lot of um, a lot of his uh, writing, isn't it? Certainly uh, his poems, um, and we'll we'll talk about the God's Boatman a bit later. But his poems have this, uh, and it, you know, Lauren, you won't know this, but in the old lessons, every single lesson starts with this one-page poem, <laughs> and so. And every lesson, there's like 200 lessons and every lesson, you know, has a different poem. And that's just only a small section of his work. So mm. it's, can you imagine how much he's received through that, um, you know, through that, through that light that you mentioned and that energy that he was in and he's got those in, in there. And I remember when I used to um, <laughs> do the lessons, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this lesson. This lesson, gonna, I'm going to do it in two hours and I'm not going to eat till I've done it. And then, um, you know, my practice would be like, um, I'd do my um, I'd do I'd I'd do my practices, um, energy you know energization kriya etc. Then read the lesson and then eat. And I'm not gonna have breakfast till I've done the lesson. And I couldn't get past the poem. The poem, which I'd sometimes be on the poem alone for like forty minutes to an hour, and I'm like, oh my gosh, how when am I gonna have my breakfast? <laughs> that's how that's how profound it is, and then that's why sometimes it's so difficult to actually get through the lessons because to get past mm -hmm. one sometimes is uh, exercise in itself. Yeah, Chris, I totally agree with that. <laughs> I kind of, I, it's hard to turn the first page because you just sit there and read every line like what. <laughs> Wow, um, they're so they're so amazing. Um, I was actually I was trying to convince my wife years ago to name our boat. We we lived in a boat in London on a on a canal, uh, and uh, I tried to name it Divine Gypsy. I failed in that endeavor, but I did try. <laughs> Just because of this chat, not because of your ethnic background, of course. No, 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 nothing to do with being Irish. No, Thank no. you. Nothing to do with that. that um, as well. <laughs> divine gypsy, we're all divine gypsies, regardless yes, of our well, exactly, yeah. regardless of our ethnicity. Um, yeah, so let's read the um, if, Mike. If you open up the rest of the divine gypsy chant, um, if you want to read the second paragraph, Mike. So this is the this is the second paragraph that we don't actually sing. 
Yeah. I've never seen that actually. Okay, so by day, the shady trees will be my tent. At night, the stars shall be my candles twinkling in the fireman. And I will call the moon to be my lamp and light my silver sky camp. Sky camp. Ah. I will be a gypsy and I will roam, roam and roam. Okay. Um, Chris, if your signal holds up, do you want to try reading mm -hmm. the third chapter, paragraph? I will eat the food that chance may bring. I will drink from crystal sparkling spring. I will, I will doff my cap and off will go like a wayward brook of long ago. I will roll o'er the green and scatter the joy of all my heart to birds, leaves, winds, hills, then depart to stranger and stranger lands from east to west. Oh, I will be a gypsy, Rome, Rome, and Rome. Lauren, last paragraph. But always when I lay my head to rest, I'll sing to thee my gypsy prayer and find thee always everywhere. <laughs> so what a beautiful poem which they've, which they've, um, which he's also made into a chant. Um, interesting, you know, the, the content of this minute really is summarized beautifully in that, um, <laughs> in that poem, isn't it? Um, I think we can certainly relate to a lot of it. Um, like I mentioned earlier, the prayer, you know, Father, wherever thou hast placed me, there thou must come, or there thou must, there I must be. Um, it's an easy thing to say, it's an easy thing to chant this chant, but for it to enter some marrow of your psyche and you actually become this, you know, this chant, for example, by day the shady trees will be my tent, at night the stars shall be my candles. You know, it's just, it's a beautiful uh, thought, isn't it? Just the, the poetry and the, the image that it, it brings. But the, there's obviously a lot of depth there in terms of how you need to be like a renunciant in your, in your life, um, how you need to, you know, live a life that's kind of like not attached and you should be happy anywhere. Um, but how often can we actually live up to that ideal Certainly when I, you know, when I'm in a neighborhood or I'm in a noisy environment, I don't think of this poem and think, no, this is, <laughs> this is where God's placed me. This is where I must be. This is where I must call home. I, I think to get, you know, get out of there. <laughs> Mike. I can totally confirm that. Like I had like some friends over the past two and a half weeks uh, from Europe and I, um, gave up my apartment, let them stay here because they had like two children and I stayed with my sister and my daily routines, they collapsed like <laughs> nothing. Like <laughs> it was so hard. And then I'll, obviously we spent some time with them and we went like to Disneyland. And so I, I ate all the junk food and I did very little of the things that I usually pride myself to do. And I figured this is a fragile house of cards that I call my life, right? And I, I, I change a little thing and suddenly it's not there anymore. So definitely something to work on to make it more sturdy because we never know, right? Life can change and then we still want to be those, those kind of devotees and live those lives that we admire, right?
Lauren? Yeah, I was going to say what I really admire so much about this piece of work is that it inspires such a depth of thought for me anyway. You know, it's obviously talking about the outer world and, you know, can we really roam freely in it and not be attached to, you know, wherever place that we call home. But also it struck me when I listened to it because this was actually the first time that I'd heard it when you sent it to me, Priyank. And I just thought, wow, like in some ways, he's also asking us, are we a gypsy within? How free are we within our soul? So whatever we experience in life, is our heart still a gypsy? Is our soul still free? Um, and I just thought it was so, so poignant, really. Yes, beautifully expressed. <clears throat> Chris? I've heard you're going on to talk about uh, like material wealth and things like this before. And he's, uh, he's referenced essentially like everything in the universe is already yours um, because you're, um, you know, that there's no separation. You know, the, the, the moons, the stars, the mountains, everything sort of belongs to you in some way and not this, you know, egotistical way, but, um, you know, what more do you, do you want or need? In, in that sense as well. So it was, I was thinking about that when I was reading. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's beautiful, but trying to separate this ego, you know, conscious knowing from subconscious, uh, you know, <clears throat> bonds and ties that we have with material desires and things like this is obviously something to meditate on. Really beautifully written. Mike? Yeah, when I just heard what Chris said, I just thought of this... Our line, um, I'll be the king of the land through which I roam, right? And I feel like it's like you, when, when you are able to have this kind of environment that's in flux and you can still be that yogi, that's like you're like level two or like you're the next level, you graduate to the next um, because um, that's just much harder to do. And as, I guess when you're an avatar, you do all those crazy things and you still have your connection with God, that's the most important thing. Indeed, indeed. So in the script of the, of the minute, he actually says um, home, you know, is a train or it's a hotel um, or it's a ship. Um, so it's like ceaseless travel. Obviously, we know that Guruji had to go through in his life um, to, you know, for the spreading of Kriya Yoga in the West. Um, and you know, obviously he's, he'd stayed in so many different places and so many different homes and hotels, et cetera. Um, and, you know, we, we, when he was in Dayananda's ashram and, um, you know, he, Dayananda told him, never think, you know, never think that food sustains you. Um, and, and then Guruji says, in, in how many countless cities has this council, you know, been my savior? And I was just thinking, this is this is kind of what he's referring to here. How many different places he's had to stay, and how many probably how many different you know situations he's had to endure that are probably much less than ideal. Um, like he even says, home is a ship, um, so he's had to cross many oceans at least what, one, two, three, four. Before long voyages to America, back 
to India, to America, back to India. At least four long voyages I had to go on um, for crossing what, cro countries and worlds and perhaps even uh, astral worlds and causal worlds, as Sri Peshwar has done, and perhaps even yogas, which, uh, which uh, we can speculate upon. Chris? Yeah, it's such a great concept to think about, isn't it? You know, traveling through almost space and time, isn't it? And reappearing and maybe having a mission, uh, you know, with, we've talked about maybe who he was in, in previous incarnations and things like this. So um, it's, it's, if you could tell that story, you know, uh, in a book, um, how, how fascinating would that be to read? Um, but the, the line there in, in this, um, uh, the bit that we read, I will eat the food that chance may bring, he really <laughs> didn't live, live that, um, you know, uh, from the beginning, didn't he? The story in the autobiography of a yogi when he went, um, he had the challenge from his brother, wasn't, wasn't it? And he went to a different city without any money and, mm. and you know, ended up, uh, you know, being taken care of by God, you know, and, and it was such an, an awesome story. And I have to say, like, I, you know, just for conversation, I can I can relate to this. I'm almost carelessly reckless when it comes to these sort of things and making plans. <laughs> and you know, I think you know when I'm maybe a bit more sober in, in my thinking, I, I might say, oh, I'm probably just not very process driven and organized. I probably need to be a bit more, a bit better with that. But uh, I have to say, I love this the spirit of this. I love the spirit of this and I live, this is the way I live and, you know, it works sometimes and sometimes it maybe lands me in trouble. Um, and as well, like, uh, I can relate to it because being Irish, you know, moving to London, living in a, living in a boat, not being in Brazil, um, you know, never really feeling like I have a home, but people ask me like, don't you miss X place? Do you miss Y? Um, and I often think like, well, why would you ever, it's a weird question whenever, you realize that you know the the moment is now and and everywhere is your home you know you, you can travel from a to b but it doesn't mean that you're not in home because you're always with god and you're always in the place you can be so i, I can relate to what you're saying there and what um what yogananda is obviously saying as well the home is a ship in some ways <laughs> lauren yeah it's like chris was saying you know your home is everywhere isn't it and i think when you do travel around, it sort of teaches you to find and remember God everywhere that you go. And I think maybe perhaps even Yogananda had that when he was traveling around and perhaps he didn't really want to be there. I know at some points he didn't really want to be in the West and he'd have preferred to go and be with, you know, Keshwar in India. Um, but it must have just kept reminding him that, no, God is here. God is now. God is with me. And I think we can all take a little piece of that into our lives can't we that remembrance of actually this never leaves because if my soul is in this body then god is here mm, beautiful mike uh mike you're a prolific uh, traveler aren't you even though you've never formally mm. given your allegiance to any traveling community per se <laughs> you can certainly sure i'm sure relate to this uh chant more than uh, many of us yeah were you, you were you going to say something else though mike please i i travel much less now that i live in california <laughs> they um, got they got everything here <laughs> yes all the things that i was looking for they're already there <laughs> in when i lived in london i constantly had to go to italy or spain to the beach but but now i'm like i'm content 
I was I was just um I'm gonna do that again. You know, like Priyank doesn't like when I give away the dates when we record uh, <laughs> our episodes. But it happened that yesterday was Babaji's Mahasamadhi um, commemoration, and uh, that that one story that they always tell at those at those ceremonies is the one that Dayama, where she goes to his cave, right and. Um, and then he later says to her, you don't have to come here to be in my presence, right? And that's exactly, I feel like that's in kind of in line with the divine gypsy, right? You don't have to, it doesn't really matter where you are. You just live your life. You you um, um, serve God and he, he kind of puts you where you need to be. Mm. Be in this world, but not of it, eh? Mm. And can I just add to what I was saying is that my mom often asked me, do you miss home? And home is obviously her, with, with her in Northern Ireland. There's only, there's only yes, one answer. That's yeah. <laughs> forget, no telling, you, yeah. forget telling the truth only, you know, you have to buy your yeah, You could add the teachers in the lessons, like, you know, be, be a truth teller, but don't, don't just say like, just for the second <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's true, um, and, and manage your words carefully. <laughs> I tell my mom that I don't miss them. It's like, <laughs> in that Wait until she I'm listens sure. to this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. In that vocal, I'm sure if you listen really carefully, you'd hear your mum's heart drop to the ground as you say, <laughs> as you finish uttering no. Oh uh, well, it's it, it, as soon as she sees the hesitation and, and the cogs trying to turn to figure out the answer, um, oh, that's already that's already gone. Isn't oh, it? <laughs> You're already in the bad books. Oh gosh, Mike. Yeah, um, uh, that reminds me. Uh, one time, I I was in Dakshinisvar Ashram. I need to flex a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> and I I talked to the monk there, and and we had a lot. Of, we had some banter going on, and I asked him if he would uh, miss us when when we leave um because i think we were the only residents at the, at the ashram at the time like the only guests and he his answer was um, i'm happy that when you're here and i'm also happy when you're not mm. <laughs> nice i think that's the spirit right nice yeah. you think he was subtly telling you that you need to leave <laughs> that this is not your home <laughs> <laughs> you need to practice the IELTS. I will be a gypsy. <laughs> yeah, practice that somewhere else. Yeah. Part, of, part of that. Uh, part of that philosophy is that you don't linger. Yeah, you yeah. don't stay too long. You have right? to roam. You've, you overstayed your welcome. Yeah, get out. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm, I'm a bit mean today, aren't I? Sorry, people. Um, <laughs> let's talk about another. <clears throat> very popular poem which is along the same sort of lines which is God's Boatman and the reason I thought of this is because I you know I mentioned this briefly just now about uh, all the different um, you know he, he roamed in this life of course uh, that we know where he you know we, we know where he went but we don't know where he went in his previous lives um, as an avatar no doubt he would have had other missions um, you know that we we aren't privy to and those missions would have included, you know, in this world, in the astral world, in the causal world. So, you know, jumping in between those and also um, different yugas as well. So we don't even know how far this uh, <clears throat> avatar goes back in terms of when he became such. Um, but God's Boatman is uh, a beautiful poem. Let's, uh, let's start by reading that um, 
Chris, do you want to read the first paragraph of that? Yes. It's in, it's in yeah, the picture. Yeah, it's a color photo as well. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful picture of Guruji. Um, I will ply my boat many times. I want to ply my boat many times across the Gulf after death and return to Earth's shores from my home in heaven. I want to load my boat with those waiting thirsty ones who are left behind and carry them by the opal, opal pool of iridescent joy, where my father distributes his all desire quenching liquid peace. Mike, second pyro. Just want to mention picture behind uh, me. Yeah. yeah, it's like God's boat, man. <laughs> it's done by it's done by an artist from Encinitas, but it's like supposed to be um, God's boatman. The the picture got painted with colors. For those that don't know, it's the painting where Guruji is standing on that sailboat and it's slowly drifting away into a beautiful blue sky. But in Mike's case, there's a painting of a multi-technicolored rainbow sunset thing going on. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Mike, second paragraph. <clears throat> oh, I will come again and again, crossing a million crags of suffering. With bleeding feet, I will come, if need be, a trillion times, so long as I know one stray brother is left behind. I want thee, O God, that I may give thee to all. I want salvation, that I may give it to all. Free me then, O God, from that, from the bondage of the body, that I may show others how they can free themselves. I want thine everlasting bliss, only that I may share it with others, that I may show all my brothers the way to happiness forever and forever in thee. And I thought this gives quite a good, <laughs> quite a good raison d'etre <clears throat> meaning for why he would come back and why he would travel ceaselessly in this incarnation and his other incarnations. It tells it tells us, you know, with bleeding feet, he will come to to come, you know, as as our savior, um, and that that is really his goal. And it's such a beautiful poem, isn't it? And it, it gives you such, such a feeling of debt and gratitude at the same time to the master, doesn't it? Mike? It just, like for me, it just shows me like how blessed we are to have a guru, like to have someone who, who like is already free from this kind of delusion, but he still comes back and gets all his brothers out. Indeed, indeed. So then we have, so we're now just going to go through the images, unless anyone's got anything they want to say about the minute. I mean, he, he does end it by saying, how can I leave my home? It's everywhere. I think that, that mm -hmm. also summarizes mm -hmm. it. Um, and it summarizes it quite well. It kind of, that's the theme that we've, we've been talking about in this minute. I home sweet home is, is not in one place, but it's just the... Uh, you know, eternal, the all-pervasive, the omnipresent home, which is quite a lovely thought. Um, so in this in this minute, there's there's, there's some images of um, it's supposed to be Bombay. So Guruji on a ship, and it's supposed to be Bombay in the background. 
um, gateway of India it's supposed to show. But actually, um, I did a bit of research, and it's it's um, that 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 scene where he's on the um, boat is actually a place called Bollard Pier Station, um, which uh, which is like a freight depot for for goods, and uh, it's quite a nice site. I don't know if it still exists in uh, in Mumbai. I think they they may have made it into um, you know they may have knocked it down and constructed some other things into it. <clears throat> And at the same time, there's, uh, yeah, Mike, do you want to just... Yeah, because I was just going to ask you, because I always thought the gateway of India is like just an arch, right? Yeah, it's not the yeah. whole building, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. So in, in the book, and I think in the film somewhere, it says that it's supposed to be the gateway of India, but actually the gateway of India is like beyond this scene somewhere. Okay. <laughs> so this is actually a nice uh, British-era yeah. building for, for ships and uh, trade and, you know, trains and cargo and things like that um and during during this lovely um you know these lovely scenes and this lovely words that the narrator says there's a very morose piece of music by krishna das which is mm -hmm. entitled sita's prayer or, or hey mother durga and i will put the link on our you know on on the description below but it's an absolutely stunning piece of music by Krishnadas. Uh, I'd really, really recommend you listen to it and uh, it'll take, it'll transport you into a very nice uh, meditative, uh, meditative space. Um, really, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's all that we have for the minute. Um, does anyone, before we go to the question that we had, does, oh, Chris. <clears throat> yeah, just a general comment, you know, on the, on the documentary, if um, the, the prior minutes were quite somber weren't they and really we were looking at the um uh yogananda's uh coming to terms with uh sim simply um his guru leaving him you know uh he said why you know guru Shri Tushar, why did you did you leave me but um you can see already you know they've shifted the tone of the documentary and now they're saying okay well he's looking forward you know he's he's um maybe letting the new world that he's in sinking um and i think uh it's done quite nicely you know they've they've changed the tone quite nicely and it tees up the next few minutes which are going to really ramp up in terms of their intensity and you know the change that guruji um, goes through um so yeah they transitioned quite nicely from what was quite a somber few few minutes or a couple of minutes there that we had um and really now looking you know to blue sky thinking, you know, what, what lies ahead for Guruji and um, he's really got a bit between his teeth. And I think, I think the um, picture of him looking out over the water, um, it's very, it's almost business-like, I would describe it as. He's got his, uh, you know, hat on, you know, clean shaven, he's, you know, dressed like a Westerner, he's looking out um, over, over, over the water and he just looks like he's very determined, you know, and, um, but I think they captured it very well, um, so. Um, yes, it's a very optimistic tone. It suddenly becomes, isn't it? Um, Lauren, mm. do you have anything to add? Yes. Yeah, I was going to say it was actually quite haunting for me with that music as well in the background, and it was sort of bittersweet. So you, for me, I got like a sense of, okay, well, there's that sense of loss that he is, you know, moving and going towards other things. But at the same time, the song itself is so beautiful, isn't it? I don't know if you've ever read or listened to the lyrics it's so so 
just utterly divine. So it's that thing where there can be both things happening at once, yet it's all the same. And again, it's just that reminder, isn't it, that all exists in this one space and you can always look towards for brighter things too. Yeah, the the lyrics are actually in Sanskrit for that. Um, I don't know if you did you look it up? Did you know what they yes. what they meant? Yeah. What do yeah. you want to give us a quick lowdown? Yeah, so it's basically <clears throat> a, a prayer and a celebration really of Durga um and lord shiva as well so you know it goes to say you know uh, i think the first line is something about you know glory to you oh uh daughter of the mountain or something like that um so it's really a celebrative song but that sound of krishna dust is mm. so grounding isn't it it's so moving and uh, has such a rich depth to it um so yeah it's very multi-dimensional i think yeah yeah certainly it's the it's a minor chord isn't it so mm. it's um he's playing the, the sorrowful music in, in that yeah. even though it's quite a joyful the the lyrics are quite joyful as you mentioned uh mike yeah krishna das is always great i mean they also played another krishna das song earlier like i think, feel like whenever there is the moments where they're struggling they put some krishna das music to underline <laughs> that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um I was going to say that the uh, meeting Sri Yukteswar probably gave Guruji the closure that he wanted and that that um, he came to India and Sri Yukteswar passes away pretty soon after that, right? They, they meet and they spend some time and then he passes. And then, um, uh, he, like we said in the last episode, that... Um, he hadn't really heard from Sri Yukteswar after his passing. And now that he comes to him, suddenly he is like much more uplifted. And if I, it gives him like this kind of confidence and positivity to go like, okay, my mission in America isn't done. I, I will go back now with renewed vigor. And um, yeah, a lot of things still to happen, right? The autobiography isn't released yet. And a lot of things haven't happened yet, right? So. Yes, yes. He has still lots to do. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that sum summarizes the minute well. Thank you very much, Mike. Um, and of course, the, and also the, the, the part of the film we're in, I suppose that, that's, that's, that's where it is. Um, minute 58, someone, someone asked us um, about, really it came off the back of what Brother Anandamoy says. You know, uh, we, we played a clip of his and in it, he was giving he was giving a talk about uh, like attitudes and you know, and um, people getting the the in mind frame of people. And he kind of said, off you know, without a thought, he kind of like said um, he threw away a line which said, uh, uh, "Do you ever watch the news? Don't, don't watch it." Um, and and someone this this chap uh, this this person on. Uh, on YouTube, uh, they commented saying, um, when he said not to watch the news, I hope Brother Nandamoy didn't mean not to be aware of what's going on in the world in order to do, take, uh, to, in order to do your part and make it better. I was listening to a convocation Q&A YouTube video and the questioner asked what she should do to help the world survive its current ecological crisis or whether it's just negative reporting by the media. And the speaker, a nun, told her she had nothing to worry about and to 
um, as the world was actually entering a higher age and everything would turn out all right. Now this, John says, um, I was shocked by the answer and had to wonder if the monastics were really give, living in such a bubble. How can you be a public speaker and advising and counseling devotees if you don't know what's going on in the community, the country and the world and what's happening to our planet, our physical survival depends on. And for all of us, how can we consider ourselves spiritual if we don't realize the oneness that binds everything together and demands responsibility for each one of us? And he says, I don't mean to offend anyone by these questions. It's like, it's almost like, um, <laughs> you'll forgive me, John, but I, I watched a, um, the, the leader of the opposition uh, in this country is, is a chap called Keir Starmer. And I was just watching a video just today and someone saw he, someone from the street saw him. He was having a coffee and it was all being filmed. And she just came in and saying, started having a massive go at him saying, you know, this is not, you know, this is not your party. You're changed. You're not having changed anything for the better. What are you going to do? And like, he's like, these are like a hundred questions around the same topic, which is basically essentially um, should, should uh, the monastics tell us not to keep up to date with, you know, current affairs, I news, um, and is 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 a faint like is a like a distant, you know, kind of foggy idea of us entering a higher age really an excuse for not you know doing our part, um, and I thought that that's that's quite an interesting, intriguing question, um, especially in the light of um, the fact that uh, Guruji has often said that this creation is meant for our entertainment <laughs> and uh, we, we we're meant to you know we're meant to be in this world but not certainly not meant to be so moved as to become depressed or down or you know use it as an excuse not to follow the path etc um, yeah Mike I feel like that's like a bit the ego taking over right the, when you feel the, the world the weight of the world on your shoulders because it's never really that because like you're one person you make your effort and it's great and you make a positive contribution but if you don't do it someone else will do it right? like and uh, and uh, the point that the nun makes with the higher age is is a point of perspective you know if you feel like it's your responsibility to do something um i'm not sure if that's true uh because it's great that you do something but the chain like Bhaktananda said that once about the higher ages he says those higher ages they will manifest either through you or in spite of you right even if you made it your life's mission to stop the higher age from coming it would still come there's nothing <laughs> you can do about it right um and in the same way if you don't do it um it will also still come so the, it's more about is it worth it losing your inner peace for it? No, you should do what you think is right um, and what you find is harmonious with your own being. But getting reading um, constantly new um, articles about how bad everything is and getting in distress, I don't think that's the right approach. Mm. Lauren? Mm, I think also it's having that balanced approach to life. You know, you can still be aware of what's going on in the world, I think, whilst not consuming so much news and media. 
you know, I stopped watching the news about 12 years ago and I haven't really watched much since just because I intuitively felt that it was really having this impact on me that wasn't very good. Um, but I haven't missed out on knowledge of the world or how to live in it either. So I think, you know, it's having that living experience of, okay, well, I can be with myself, I can be with the world and I can still do good here, but without becoming so attached to the suffering that happens within it, you know, um, we all have a part to play, but it's how you play the part that really matters, I think. Mm. I remember, it's also what, what is in the news, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Because only, only, as they say, only negative news and disasters really, you know, sell newspapers and make headlines and get get a viewer's attention. And that's what usually makes the news. And then for every negative story, there might be 100 positive stories that don't actually get displayed. I remember when I was in um, university, um, someone asked me, um, they were talking about popular culture, and then they mentioned Lindsay Lohan. And I said, oh, who's who's Lindsay Lohan? And they all, everyone in the room just looked at me and I was like, what, what did I say? And they're like, you don't know who Lindsay Lohan is. And then they all said, oh, well, I respect, you're not, you know, you're not following all this popular, you know, culture. And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> but I didn't, you know, I didn't care to, that I wasn't really, you know, all that celebrity culture wasn't something that I was, um, you know, pay, paid any, you know, conscious effort into, you know, viewing or you know reading about etc and certainly I didn't lose any <laughs> any opportunities shall we say in my life uh, whether materially spiritually um, you know doing meaningful stuff uh, I don't think so anyway yeah Mike I want to pick up on what you said about uh, they never report on positive news because that's really true like here in Southern California there's a, a lot of things dominate the news cycle. One reoccurring thing is always the droughts, and we're running out of water, and all, all our reservoirs are getting lower and lower and stuff. But what they never talk about is like there's so many people doing things about it. For example, in in the LA area, um, we have a river called the Los Angeles River, and for years and years we have been using it basically as a flood drain. It's like the longest concrete river in the world. I think it's like 30 miles of concrete or something. And, and in the last 20 years, people have been starting to re-naturalize the river to divert parts of its flow into areas where the water can seep into the ground and refill aquifers. And there's now legislation where they can manage how much people are allowed to pump out of the ground in different areas. And basically what they're doing is raising the groundwater level again, which is beneficial for the whole area. And and makes us less dependent on foreign water sources like rivers that are really far away. And and, and people never talk about the, that we are actually doing things about it and that's progress being made. It's always just, oh no, the drought. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> be worried now. <laughs> Wasn't there a, um, a news uh, website or like a channel that did only positive news? And um, I don't think it was don't think it's become very successful because I can't recall what it was called. I, I've, I've seen a few of those, but they were they were not entertaining enough for me to keep track. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lauren. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say it's like you're saying, Michael. They're only really reporting on one side, and I think 
you know, we need to become truth seekers in this world, don't we? Somewhere between what the news tells you and what another source tells you is the truth. And there's always more that actually meets the eye. So, you know, I think it's about doing our own research if we feel so inclined and actually finding out the truth of what's going on because I didn't know any of that what you told me about you know what people are doing to help raise the uh, water levels and that's fantastic so it just goes to show really I think. Mike? Um, one thing that I wanted to mention is uh, Brother Satyananda he often stresses the manage your media intake and um, because he, he gets often asked, like, because this is, a, I feel like um, it's a bit of a trick question, right? It's like, don't read the news because it upsets you, right? But then the people go like, no, but you have to read the news. You cannot be irresponsible. You have to be a citizen that cares. And I don't think that's what's meant there. I feel like it's more like, don't, don't lose your own peace over the news. And if you can't handle it, then don't read it. Right. And uh, one thing brother said recently is uh, I love that a lot. He said, OK, for every hour that you read news, read scripture. And then then you have at least a balanced intake um, and you won't you won't um, all be upset by just reading the news and then have nothing to balance it out. with. So you read literature. Did you, is that what you said? Sorry, I missed that. Scripture. Scripture, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's better than literature. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that would be a good uh, ratio, I think. Perhaps you should make it a um, top heavy in terms of uh, for every two hours of scripture, you can, uh, you're allowed one hour of news. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, interestingly, this, this point that, Mike, you made is, is an interesting one about how even if you do your best to oppose the coming of the, um, you know, the ascending, ascending uh, Dvapara Yuga and the Treta Yuga, the coming Treta Yuga, if you do your best to oppose it, uh, it will come in spite of you because the, the mass is moving in that direction. Um, I found that uh, quite interesting because what if you did absolutely nothing, like just <laughs> lived lived like a recluse life, uh, you don't know who's getting elected, you don't know what the environmental situation is down you know, in your state or in your country or in your the part of your world what wars are going on you just live, live this you know life of conscious um not taking everything in just being self completely selfish and uh, just being with yourself and i thought how would that um, how would that work and then i i was reminded of um because some people do do that they 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 deliberately don't um follow all this stuff don't they and uh, i don't see that they're necessarily uh you know any unhappier than myself um but i remember i, I remember yogananda's very lovely quote which was um to, if if you change yourself you've done your part in changing the world um which is one of his quite famous quotes which you know for this for this you know individual that doesn't you know give you know doesn't go out to vote or doesn't go out to like you know get a job or whatever um he, he would still if he does if if say he became enlightened <laughs> i'm just hypothesizing here if he became enlightened he's obviously changed himself to the infinite degree um and on an energy level obviously that would have a profound impact in, in in the community and probably the world in terms of 
taking us to a higher state of consciousness as a, as, as a civilization. But also the, the people around him, i.e. the family, the um, you know the the community that that he's from because usually like and only as a classical case uh, class, classical case in point you have like literally an unlettered you may you may have an unlettered you know uneducated person and that person may be a really you know high spiritual spiritual um, seeker and they you may have, you know you may have attained to, to self-realization and you'll have this person that's really a nobody but people are at his feet, you know, the community are at his feet because he's obviously become a self-realized, uh, self-realized master. And, and imagine how much inspiration that this person is providing regardless of, um, regardless of, you know, him giving commentary on the, the news or the <laughs> politics or ecology or science, etc. So um, I think there's a lot to be said about um the focus of changing yourself uh, first and all, all, if not the majority, if not all, then the majority of your effort should be about changing yourself um, as, a, as a means to change the world. Um, so I think this is probably the, the, um, the spirit of what Brother Anandamoy said, you know, when he threw away the comet don't watch the news or this nun said don't worry about the news and you know we're entering a higher higher age because if you you know if you as Yogananda says if you do it for yourself then you're going to do it for the world as well all these other things will be straightened out in terms of your awareness and uh, your influence in the world uh, more so than if you probably if you were you know very well read and you up to date with everything that was happening and you were you know trying to be like an activist and, and making a change and uh, yeah because you're generally when you do all those things you're swimming against the tide <laughs> mike yeah i think that's exactly right and and the the things you have influence on are mostly your immediate surroundings mm. so you have to see it also in that term like if you are president of a country, it would probably be useful if you knew exactly what was going on, right? Because that's your job, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but but if not, if 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 not, then why do you need to know everything to this level, right? Why why um if you can't really change it? Why can't like it's an imbalance? You constantly get information in, but you cannot do anything with it because you are just a consumer. You're not a creator. So I feel like you also need this kind of balance between getting information and doing something about it. Otherwise, it's it's frustrating. Yeah, and, and also it can get you down, isn't it? Not everyone is um, of the strong enough mindset on mental health to not be affected by all this negative news. If it makes you in any way more negative, even marginally more depressed, then it's going to affect your meditation really isn't it unless you're really very strong it's going to impact you in ways you don't understand all this um focusing on all this negativity so um yeah so i think there's uh there's there's lots to consider when you uh, when you decide to go down the path of keeping abreast with all you know all the news and all happenings of the world and being aware of everything as much as you can as possible and trying to change all those things as uh, noble as that aspiration is you could find that you're 
life <laughs> slips you by um you know you could come it's a very brief life isn't it <laughs> you could come to the end and you've focused all your effort on this side but not enough on the spiritual side um yeah and that would be a quite a sad state of affairs mike and then in your next life you won't even remember what you did <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. so, and you may of course be born in a different planet uh different planetary system where it's a diff whole new set of issues there <laughs> yes well that's um that's about it um as always uh, welcome you to provide some feedback on this feedback that we've given <laughs> um lauren thank you very much for joining us hope, uh, thanks for having me hope you enjoyed that it was a pleasure um we see i uh, see a lovely picture of guruji in the background nice little uh, yes well actually i'm sitting <laughs> ah, just by my Lauren's, little temple lauren's got a little altar beneath a fireplace which looks very beautiful travel travel altar i think that of is of course that is yes. essential as an essential piece of uh, merchandise that srf sends sells mm. you know for a very long time i didn't have it and i would put the book on my table as a as my little you know thing to look at but that just gives you well gives me so much more um to help me with my practice so would highly recommend for anyone that doesn't have one yes um, yeah. i highly highly recommend it as well and i take it with me wherever i go as i said i think i've mentioned in a previous podcast and i've also actually got a small one i printed one out no i cut one out from one of the magazines like you know the ones that's they picture that um, travel altar obviously in the magazine so it's this small and i cut mm. it out and laminated it and it's in my wallet wow. so if so if i uh, yeah so if i'm in a place where i want to you know uh, create an impromptu altar and mm. meditate there it is ready <laughs> <laughs> ready to go and on that note thank you very much everyone for listening and uh, we hope to join you next time jay guru jay, jay guru, guru. Jay Ma. Jay Ma.